harmonize today? I didn't feel like singing. Really? Yep. That's bullshit. You always do some sort of annoying thing at the beginning. And so do I. And you always complain about me being annoying. Be annoying again. Oh, oh, so now you want me to be <laughs> annoying. I mean, sure. Oh, have the turntables have turned. All right, Michael Scott. Yep. 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 Wow. You sound so happy to be here today, as always. I'm pumped. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, this is episode 94. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and that is the other host, Gabrielle Proctor. Hello. So much enthusiasm. Could you at least act like you cared? Could you give me something more than just... <gasps> Hello! Okay, well, I didn't ask you to blow my fucking eardrums out. I'm bringing enthusiasm. Do you I'm want my enthusiasm? Sorry, everyone, for that. Probably everyone has no They know ear- I'm here eardrums. and I'm pumped. Wow. Anyways, uh, as I mentioned last week, we're doing office horror-themed things, and there's literally probably like maybe four or five of them. So we picked two... Well, I picked one. You, p- I mean, really, I picked both of them, and I let you pick which one because, like I said, there's like four. There's really not a lot, so yeah, yeah. So that's what we're doing today. But we've got so much news, like so much shit is going on today as we are recording this Tuesday, May 11th. Uh, we have the Green Knight trailer that just dropped. The second one, because we had a trailer last year. It was more of a teaser. Well, yeah, but of course that movie did not come out last year due to COVID. So now we have a new trailer. Uh, yeah, because I guess the first one was more of just a teaser. It was kind of just like zooming in on a guy in a fucking throne or something like that. So Correct. now we have more of a trailer, and it looks crazy. It's the tale of uh, Gwai, Qui-Gon Jinn. Who is it? Quaden? Qui-Gon? It's some, it's some book that's already been there. Like It's like some old tale or something a, like it's that. It's pretty much one of the knights from Camelot. Yeah. And yeah. it's like some, yeah. So if you. If oh, you, uh, it's like Gwai- Gwain? Gwyden, right? G W A I. Just watch this fucking trailer. Um, but nonetheless, it's like an established tale or folklore thing. Uh, and uh, David Lowry is directing it. If you don't know who that is. Yeah, Gawain. Gawain. There we go. Uh, David Lowry also directed another A24 joint because Green Knight is A24. Uh, he directed one called A Ghost Story, if you haven't seen that. Fantastic. We actually reviewed that one on the Ghost, Ghost, Ghost episode, which Hits was... you right in the feels. Yeah. It's uh, very good. So I'm excited to see what he does with this, because this definitely feels like it's going to be much more horror. Because, I mean, Ghost Story Fantasy. really... Was, yeah, Ghost Story really wasn't horror, but, like, it kind of was at the same time. More like dealing with death. Yeah. So it was, like, horror adjacent. Um, but, yeah, this one looks like it's going to be bloody and epic and i'm very excited to see what he does with this and also again a24 so no complaints from me on this end very excited yeah yeah i'm excited about it i'm excited i just love anything that a24 touches except for florida project that movie can go straight to hell and you haven't seen that one so don't just don't okay just don't bother you don't have to fight me on that i probably would have never seen it anyway good i can barely hear you though like you're you're like whispering over there maybe you should listen I'm listening. I just don't want me to be extremely loud and you to not it's be. It's too late for that. Anyways, another thing that happened today. What else happened today? Did we get another Saw trailer? Oh, 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 I know. The first three minutes of Saw are out. 
I didn't watch it because fucking why would I want to spoil that? But apparently you can go watch. I saw Bloody Disgusting. They posted it. It's like the first three minutes. It's the first uh, cold open trap because, you know, if you watch the Saw movies, they usually do a cold open kill in the beginning. Um, I Like I said, I didn't watch it, but feel free to go check it out. I'm not spoiling that shit because uh, it comes out this weekend and we're going to see it in IMAX because I guess Dolby was like, fuck you guys, whatever. Um, so that's another one I'm excited about. That's going to be good. Yeah, that and should then, be fun. And then next week we have a freaking quiet, or not next week, two weeks? Two yes, weeks. two weeks. Two weeks from this week and we have A Quiet Place 2. So we've got two highly anticipated movies coming out this month. And Cruella. And Cruella. I mean, obviously not a horror movie, but, but I she's mean, a villain. But she's so. a villain, and I'm excited for that one. I think that one is taking precedence in Dolby, which I totally understand. But also, it's a quiet place too. Come on, give me like one showtime, like first showtime of the day in Dolby. It was really hard to decide which one we were going to see first, especially since obviously it's a quiet place too. You know that movie, but then you got Cruella, which by itself isn't that exciting but the fact it's the director from itania and the guy oh, is it yeah it's oh, the I... director of itania and the guy who plays the fat friend in itania is one of her henchmen and the um guy the main guy from into the earth the ma- oh the the um he, was the he, guy um, with the fro is he indian no he's black really yeah. that's my bad i'm sorry wait and, the, ma- the main British. guy yes I can double check, but I'm fairly certain that he is um, huh. at least half black. But yeah, so they're going to be in it. And um, pretty, I mean, if you've seen Itania, you know how good that movie is. So um, if that director's got a hold of it and they brought back the comedic genius of the guy from Itania, then we're good. I hope he has uh, like a decent role in that movie because he was just ridiculous in Itania and I, I really enjoyed him. So I mean, she's it's one of the henchmen. It's like I think it will also like establish how they became her henchmen. Oh, sorry, you're talking about henchmen in this movie. I thought you're talking about Itania because you know he's tall. He's Tanya's you know uh, unofficial bodyguard, which is fucking hysterical. He's so funny in that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure one of his parents is black and one is white. If you look at him, it's it's. Pretty... I was thinking of a different guy. I don't know yeah. what I was thinking of. Joel I'm Fry. Sorry. Um, who, who was also in Game of Thrones, and uh, that should be pretty good. <laughs> what, Game of Thrones? No, I'm saying um, him in this movie oh, should okay. be pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, I guess we'll have to find out in two weeks. And it's we'll a very busy movie for, <laughs> movie for months. Months for movie. <laughs> Words. Words. Line. Holy cow. I think that was it. I don't think there's anything else. There's just so much stuff that happened. I mean, I did get the uh, Steel Ray. (laughs) Do you want to retake this? (laughs) All right, cut. No, I did get the Steelbook Blu-ray. Actually, it's a 4K of the first Saw movie. Best Buy did this release, and it got released today, and I got it today. So fucking kudos to you, Best Buy, for getting it to me that fast. I'm excited to check that out. Should be a good time. And I also got my other stuff from Arrow, too. And then I got my fucking 10-inch Godzilla pop. This is a good mail day today, man. Yeah. It's a good mail day. Oh, um, technically, this is horror-related news. Um, I did hear that they canceled Mickey's Not So Scary. So. Oh? Yep. Canceled it for a second year in a row. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Halloween so. Horror Nights doesn't happen either because they had one announcement and it was already shit we knew that was going to be there. So, wouldn't surprise me if they go for round two. But also, they did go to three feet social distancing, and they're not, excuse me, they're not doing temperature checks anymore at Universal. Well, so maybe not. Which is concerning. Um, 
if you're in Florida, you probably already know that most mask restrictions for outdoor places have already been lifted. So a lot of stores are being really loose on those rules. So I really hope you're either taking precautions or you got vaccinated because uh, it's a dangerous time to be in Florida. But um, what was I going to say? I we were, have Mickey's no idea. Not So Scary Halloween was canceled. And... Wow. Oh. Riveting. They better have Halloween Horror Nights because I did not just order some specialty Beetlejuice earrings for the occasion. Wear them at spooky times. and I mean, know. I'm going to wear them with my Beetlejuice shirt that I also purchased in anticipation of going into a Beetlejuice-themed house because I wanted to get the stuff now, not the stuff that releases right around the time of Halloween Horror Nights. You know, all the all the spooky Halloween-themed stuff because that's the stuff that everyone's wearing. you got to get your stuff different time of year. That's how you get the stuff that's different. Tell me more, <laughs> please. I'm just saying, I bought a pumpkin shirt from Target and then... For the next two years, every Halloween Horror Nights, I'd see at least a dozen different girls with that tank top. I mean, I wore it. It was hot out. But I'm just saying, you got to get your spooky stuff early in the year or else you're going to end up with the same stuff every other person bought from Target or Hot Topic. Or do like I do and just get your shit from Fright Rags, Cavity Colors, Gutter Garbs, or Terror Threads, and then you'll never see anybody with the same shirt because I have probably like 60 or 70 at least because I have a fucking I have a problem. And I have never run into anyone with the same shirt that I have. And in fact, I get at least two compliments or more when I wear any fucking one of those shirts out in public. Oh, that's a cool shirt. Fucking, I know. Tight. I have two rebuttals to that. Oh, one. Oh, please. By all means. You could do what I do, which is draw your own artwork and get it printed on your own shirts. Because that really narrows down the number of people wearing your stuff. School may be required for that. So you might have to do that as like a prereq. Or just practice a lot. Or that. Um, and two, as soon as one of those sites starts selling a button-up shirts for women, I would be delighted to start buying more of their clothing. But it doesn't really make sense because they do graphic tees. You don't have. There's no such thing as graphic button-ups. That's not a thing. I mean, yes, it is. Um, With like art like that, I mean, you just do smaller images and then you pattern them. I mean, that Roosevelt. T-shirt well, no, button no, up well, but pa- I'm saying. Patterning them, yes, that would make sense. But I'm talking about the T-shirts they have now, how they're just like one big giant picture. That would not work on a button-up. But they have, some of the stores oh have had God. like smaller icons for like their hoodies or stuff. They could do patterns like those. Hey. All I'm saying is, is they need to branch out for more female shirts that aren't just, look, we made a tank top. Well, they have, don't you, don't you be talking Unisex. shit. Unisex. You have unisex, you tank have women's, top. and you have baseball tees, you have women's baseball tees, you have tank tops, you have hoodies, you have joggers, you have socks, you have enamel pens, you have playing cards. So we don't have button-ups. Or not playing cards. No, no, no button-ups. Okay, so then I guess we'll wait. I mean, I'm not saying you're you're incorrect <laughs> by wanting a button-up. That would be tight. I would, I would suggest that to them because that would be pretty cool. Pattern some stuff up, man. And, I do and, know and one Creepy Co. does do button-ups, um, but they're also like... I think they're like 50 bucks a top or something. I mean, they're really cool looking, but they're um, they're definitely for guys too. So girls' hips don't really work in those shirts. Oh, and Roosevelt's does the same thing. But yeah, they're like 60 goddamn dollars. That's too much for a shirt, dude. That's too I mean, 28 bucks a shirt from, you know, Fright Rags and stuff is still like a expensive. But 60 fucking dollars? That's a lot for one shirt that I'm probably going to spill shit on and it's going to get ruined immediately. Yeah, that's why I wait till I get coupons and get mine off Hot Topic. Coupon. Because I can't spend 40 bucks on a 
button-up shirt. I think the most expensive one I bought was that shining one from Hot Topic, and it was like 40 bucks. And, and I was like, you know what? That's my cap because that's a badass shirt, and that's about as much as I'm willing to pay for a I shirt. I just leave mine in my cart till they're like, it's 30% off day. I'm like, well, I guess it's buy this shirt day. That's fair. Yeah. Well, so. you know. Anyway. Anyway. Now that we've gotten on to the importance of horror wardrobes. Yes. We talk about everything here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, I guess I should mention, too, real quick, Spooky Empire. Ah. Spooky Empire is happening October 22nd to the 24th, I believe, if my information is correct, and that's at the Wyndham Resort somewhere in Orlando. Uh, you can figure that out with a quick Google search. And also, uh, next year for Trans World, I think that's what it's called. It's like March. Uh, I should really have the dates up for this shit. March, <laughs> like mid-March. I just thought about the just like letting people know in case they didn't. Uh, but yeah, okay, Trans World. Let's see, March seventeenth through the twentieth, twenty twenty-two. So just in March, just in time for my birthday on the twenty-second. Uh, so you got those two events going on. Texas Frightmare, I think, is still happening. I don't know, but if you can go to any of those, I would like to try and make a spooky in October because that is like peak spooky times. So maybe dress up as Mike Myers, go stab some people. You know, call it a day. Not literally stabbed, so we're all clear. Obviously. God, really? No. It's a plastic knife. You fake kill people so they get the fun pictures and then they go home and it's okay. Anyways, let's just move on. Let's just let's just move on. Okay. God. You better pre-plan for that if you don't recall standing in the line for two hours just to get in there for half an hour last time. Oh, no. Like, no. That was horrendous. That was her and, and I talked to people about that. It's not something that normally happens like that. They had like one they were they were doing it dumb that day. So I'll get there I'll get there fucking two hours early. I'd rather stand in the front of the line and wait for two hours than wait in a line that took that was a dude, it went all the way around the hotel. Yeah. It was bullshit. So still still love it. It was still good, but that wait time to get in. Whenever when was that? Like twenty nineteen? Yep. Oh the worst. No, it wasn't was it? I don't know. It wasn't 2020. No, it must have been 2019 or 2018. Well, we can try again. Uh, October 22nd through the 24th. So anyways, I guess let's just move on to these movies here. Um, that seems like a good plan for a podcast. That's true. That's true. That's true. We've, we've wasted a good solid 15 minutes. So let's get on to these office-themed horror movies. I spelled that wrong. Uh, all right. So my pick was The Belco Experiment. Uh, rated R, uh, runtime of one hour, 29 minutes, listed as a horror thriller. And this was released on March 17th, 2017, uh, directed by Greg McLean. He also directed Wolf Creek from 2005. And fun fact, James Gunn actually wrote this movie. So, yeah. Yeah, he stepped out because he was getting All a divorce. James Gunn fans. Yeah, that was in the trivia. Thanks oh, you for, put it in that trivia? Oh, why would it? What other trivia would I put it in? I'm, I mean, like sometimes you just pick trivia. I didn't know you picked that trivia. Maybe you should just. Oh God. I mean, uh, we don't know why he didn't direct it. Yeah, I'll just edit over that. I'll just yeah. bleep. I'll just bleep. I'll, yeah, I'll just bleep. Uh, not that, but yeah. Any ways. Anyways. Are you gonna mock me this whole time? Is that where we're? Is that what we're doing? No. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, so now you don't like when I'm annoying. Make up your mind. What? What? Yeah, no, I don't mind if you're annoying, but... Mm. <laughs> it's one thing to be annoying. It's one thing to mock me. I'm gonna, I, can, I, I can turn your mic off if you don't want to talk. Anyways. 
This movie is starring a man named John Gallagher Jr. as Mike Milch, and uh, you might know him from a little movie called The The Man. That's it. <laughs> Hush. I'm it, the man. He, he played in a movie called Hush, and he was labeled The Man. Uh, he was the bad dude who was trying to get after... Uh, what's her face? Mike Flanagan's wife, Kate. Yes, good old... Kate. Kate. Right? Yep. Kate. Yep. Just Kate. <laughs> Theo from The Haunting it's of like, Hill House. It's like Cher. It's just Kate. <laughs> so he's in this I, I really like him I think he's a pretty good actor and he is uh, the main dude in this movie now I'm now I'm fucking curious I'm gonna I'm gonna look About it up Kate's last name yeah fucking what was it <laughs> Kate Siegel oh ah, oh so it is okay to get off topic and uh not just read huh 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 we have Tony Goldwyn as Barry Norris. He was also in Ghost as Carl Brunner, and he was also in like one episode of Dexter as the psychologist uh, that he uh, Dexter murdered. He was in Ghost. <laughs> wow. I totally forgot about that. Uh... Moving on. Next, we have Adria Arjoni. Arjona. Ariona. Probably Ariona. That seems That's good. That's probably right. Let's go with that. She's uh, Leandra Flores. She was also in Pacific Rim Uprising as Jules Reyes. Haven't seen the second one, but the first one was definitely a movie. And that was we, awesome. I mean, it was ridiculous, but it was, it was fun. Amazing. I don't know about that. I'll, uh, I'll throw something at you. We have John C. McGinley as Wendell Dukes. He was most notably Dr. Perry Cox from Scrubs, and he's got no hair in this, so it was really weird. I was I really like the curly hair that he has, but he was like bald or you know really really shaven down hair. Yeah, and his character is vastly different and extremely jarring if you're only used to seeing him as Dr. Cox. Yeah, it was it was odd. And then last but not least, we have Melanie Diaz as Danny Wilkins. She was also in Be Kind Rewind as Alma. I own that movie. Fun fact. Yeah, you do. Yep. All right, we got a budget of five million. We got a gross of eleven million, and some movies that came out around the same time: Kong Skull Island. Just watched that recently. Fucking awesome. Logan, Beauty and the Beast, obviously the remake. Life, live action. Life, Ghost in a Shell, Power Rangers, Smurfs, The Lost Village, which I didn't even fucking know there was a second one. Yeah. Whatever. Smurfs, The Lost Village, The Black Coat's Daughter. And the fate of the furious, bam. I think it's funny that if you took if you read like half this list, you'd get really confused and think this came out in the nineties. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, those are some pretty solid movies. Uh, and then we've got a body count of eighty fucking four. You don't see all eighty four. You probably see about twenty to thirty. I'd say actually on screen, but the overall body count is. Well, I counted up to about 21, and then I stopped counting once I saw that there was an actual kill count on IMDb. So, yeah, 84, which it'll it'll confuse you once I start talking about this movie. And then uh, specific horror moments for me was definitely the axe to the face repeatedly. Like, yeah, I'd a, agree with that. Many, many much times to the face. I would agree face. with that, yep. Okay. So then I then I, I'm, we're going to bring this back for this episode because it, it actually made sense. So my favorite uh, background character was definitely the stoner on the roof. His name was something in the movie, but it was play- he was played by Sean Gunn. And if you don't know who Sean Gunn is, obviously he's James Gunn's uh, brother. They're or, brothers? Or something. And uh, he was the actual person who played Rocket on screen in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. He also played another person in, that, you know, in those movies. 
that was actually a character, not just like sitting in for someone that was an animated thing. What? What do you know? I'm checking if they're brothers because I didn't put that together, so now I need to know. I, I mean, it'd be really weird if they weren't, if him and James Gunn weren't brothers. He played a character named Gunn on Angel. Sibling, dad, son. I mean, it's definitely not one of those. How long are you going to be here? You can keep talking about the movie. I don't want you to come back halfway through and be like, you can just go to his IMDb page and then you can go to siblings. It didn't say. You can go to siblings. It actually has family on IMDb. You're you're really just. Where's family? You are holding this episode. You can keep talking. It's not my fault. You're obsessed with me. Look, you go to Sean Gunn and then you go to info. Where the the fuck is the info? There's, There's like an info button that's usually there. There's uh, not there. That's dumb. There's always an info button. Oh my god! Just fucking Google it. Like, come on! I'd like I'm to, doing I'd like, it. I'd like to if move you weren't on. talking to me, I would have done it by now. Ugh, Jesus Christ! You can't just go. They, with... Yes, they are brothers. Holy shit! Fucking can't just go with what I'm saying. Fun fact: they're brothers. Anyways, that was my favorite character. Who was your favorite character? Twenty years later, the nerdy kid with the ants. <laughs> Who had ridiculous backstories and also somehow knew the name of every ant? Go get out of here. That's not. I thought a thing. he was funny because. Oh no no uh, no no yeah he was no no I agree with you he's funny I was just making fun of him. Yeah he was just a nerdy kid. Uh, Keith McClure, um, played by Josh Brenner. Um, yeah he was my uh, favorite little side character because he was just so random with his ants and uh, his. Um, his his last scene he was in was uh, amusing. So, you mean when he died? Spoilers. <laughs> so many people die, and this is not a spoiler. <laughs> really, the only thing I I don't want to I'm not going to spoil is the ending, and and how and how some people die. Uh, but anyways, my favorite line of the movie definitely had to be the part when James or Sean Gunn picks up the water because he's like, it's all it's in the water. That's how they control you. Dumps the water out. And the guy's like, the, some other guy's like, we're going to get mold. Deceased. Yeah. Did you have a favorite line? Not on this one. Really? Yeah. All right, then that's fine. I have a favorite line on the other one too. So boom. All right. So let's get into this shit here. Now, the Belco experiment takes place in, I wrote down bog stuff, but that's not right. I think it's Bogato, Bogota, Bogota, Colombia. There you go. Bogota. It was like, it definitely starts with a C, and the word I've got is Cambodia, but that's definitely oh, not right. In Cambodia. Anyways, uh, we focus in on Mike. He's played by John Gallagher Jr., and he's going to work at Belco, and that day when everyone is driving in, there's these, like, they're, they're called, like, I think they're called nationals there. Yes. It's, like, it's like our SWAT team, and they're searching people's cars. They're like... You know, they got, like, the mirrors underneath the cars looking for bombs. They got dogs, and, like, no one knows what's going on. Uh, but then we get the title sequence, which is the Spanish. The song that's playing is the Spanish version of um, California Dreaming. No, that's at the end. No. Um, um, staying, not staying alive. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There we go. I will survive. There we go. <laughs> it's right there. It's in my trivia. So that's playing in slow motion. And then uh, we focus in on Danny. She's kind of like the... I don't know, she's like the star, but not really, because it's her first day there, and she's getting keys to a company car and keys to her apartment, and boy, what a shitty day to have your first day, because it's not going to go well for a lot of people. Um, We find out that Mike's dating Leandra, which, are they, is that her, is that that his boss? 
Is that was that established? Because she's was, got an office and he doesn't. Um, no, I don't think it was established what their uh, ranks at work were versus each other. It's just that they were in a relationship. Okay, well they're in a relationship together, but uh, you know Wendell, played by what's his uh, Doctor Doctor Cox. Doctor Cox. We're just gonna call him Doctor Cox because then everyone will know what we mean. Yeah, he's uh, he's like into Leandra. She's in a cl- creepy way. Clearly not into him at all, and uh, so he kind of uh, is suspicious of them dating later and crazy things happen but i always thought that was funny because yeah he plays such a wacky goofy dude in scrubs and this one he's like ah all creepy and like yeah it's very jarring and then you see him in wild hogs and he plays a gay cop and you're like ah, you are range buddy range yeah you know because um yeah in scrubs he's very uh sarcastic and surly and um likes to amuse himself but like he really cares about people he just likes to hide it and this he's just creepy and i will say one of my least favorite lines in the film was when he was talking to her and he's like you don't think every i saw every look you gave me every single look like yes because she looked in your direction those were signals that's how some guys think and that's how you know a guy's creepy. If he thinks you looking in his direction occasionally over a long period of time equals you want him. Well, obviously that's how it works. Just a PSA. That's not how it works. That's how you. That's that's how it worked for me and you. Kept looking at me. We sent each other Snapchats. That's true. <laughs> Excuse me. Classy. Sorry. Anyways. Uh, Mike goes back to his like uh, where, where his desk or whatever, and he looks out the window and sees the one of the Colombian nationals, and he's got a gun, and so he calls the security guy downstairs, like, so uh, what's the deal out here? Like, what's going on with all the the fuzz, you know? And just as he's calling him, we get a voice that comes over the intercom and says that they currently have eighty people on staff right now in the building, and in the next eight hours, that most of them will probably be dead. That's great. What a what a great announcement. And in order to survive, they need to do what this guy says on the intercom. And they need to murder people, two people, in the next 30 minutes. And if they don't, then they will suffer repercussions, which doesn't sound good. And then that's when all the windows get covered up by, like, these roll-up steel doors that just come out of the building and block all the windows. So they're completely trapped inside. And, of course, everyone starts freaking out, as you would. I'd be freaking out because I don't want to do this. I don't want to deal with this all day. I don't want to deal with work. Why would I want to deal with trying to kill people? It sounds like a lot of extra work. Yeah. So they all converge in the lobby and some people decide to head to the roof um, to see if they can see anything. And then Mike's like, why don't we try and torch our way out? Because they have a torch somewhere in the building, I guess. So they're trying to torch their way out. The maintenance guys, yeah. Maintenance guys. There we go. Which is uh, actually played by one of them is Michael Rooker. Uh, He's also in Guardians of the Galaxy. He plays Yondu. I mean, so much other stuff, but that's just the first thing I thought of. Uh, So the cast in this is honestly freaking spectacular. And... uh, (coughs) Both of the maintenance guys are in or will be in uh, James Gunn movies. I think there's like at least three actors who are in James Gunn films in there. So you can tell that uh, James Gunn was involved. Yeah. Just like Michael Rooker and Slither. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they try torching that door and that shit doesn't work uh, because they couldn't even make a dent in it. So they realize that, all right, well, there's got to be another way we can do something. And just at that moment, or soon after, one of them in the lobby gets shot in the head, or at least that's what you think, because three other people die the same way. No one knows what the hell is happening. So Barry, who's the COO, he's like, was that chief something officer? Chief, chief uh, operations. Operations officer. There we go. He approaches one of the dead bodies and noticed that his head has exploded from the inside. 
So yeah, that's why people just because you know, you think about it, you're like, all right, all the shit's boarded up, or you know, all it's all the windows are boarded up. There's no way someone could get shot. No one in there had guns, so you don't really understand. And then yeah, so Mike mentions that everyone who works there had some sort of you know chip, whatever you want to call it, implanted in their head. And uh, when he realizes this, he immediately tries to cut the chip out of his head. And this was this was my uh, horror specific moment. Until the uh, axing happened. Because, you know, anytime someone's trying to cut something out of them with a straight... Uh, it's not fun. So, it's not really clear if he gets it out or not. You don't see him pull it out and we don't see it or anything. Because a voice comes over the intercom and tells him to stop. And if he doesn't stop within 10 seconds, he's gonna, you know, it's going to be detonated. So, he eventually obliges. But, like, you don't actually know if he popped out the... Whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it a chip. But it looks like a little pebble. Because they show yeah. they show him later on. They call it a chip, and yeah, he, yeah. He, I don't think he gets it out. I mean, I don't know. We don't know. Like, I don't. I didn't see anything about it, so we'll just say he didn't. Um, but go ahead. I only know for one reason, but I can't say how I know. I you can tell me later then. Uh, anyway, so a little bit later, the voice comes back on the intercom to say that they need to stop breaking all the cameras. One, because Dick moved, because you know they got they, they got keep a, finding all the hidden cameras. Yeah, so they 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 tell them to stop that shit out and to not take the chips out of their head because they're not going to give you a countdown like they did for Mike. It's just going to go off. And then they announce they say, okay, there's 76 people left uh, at this point, and over the next two hours, 30 people need to be killed. And if they can't kill 30 people in two hours, well, then they're going to kill 60 by their own means, which, you know, exploding chip in the head. So, and then, like, a big group gathers downstairs. They try to come up with a plan. Some want to kill the 30 people. Some don't. Others want to try and make signs for passing cars. No one can really fucking agree at this point. So that's when we have two groups that separate from each other because you have the COO, uh, Barry, Wendell, and a couple other guys who are like, all right, we need to kill people. Like, this is going to happen. And then you have Mike who takes Leandra and a couple other people, they go upstairs to try and make signs and, you know, throw them over the side of the building so that someone will come help them. A terrible idea, honestly. A really terrible idea. So the group that decides they want to kill people, they go to the security area where apparently there's just like a shit ton of guns. Kind of weird. Just saying. Is yeah. it just me? There's like a bunch of guns in the security area, which it was, I assume they were probably put there by. Yeah, they kind of, uh, the yeah. one guy says he, he feels like they probably, uh, that, he feels like they were planted. Yeah, so I'm assuming that they were probably planted at that point. And uh, so that group is there because they, <laughs> I love this too. They're like, well, we want to get these guns out so we can keep them safe. And I'm like, that is that is bullshit. They're safe in there. They're behind a padlock door. What are you talking about? So I thought that was hilarious when uh, they were like, yeah, we just want to keep them safe. It's fine. So Mike and his crew don't like that shit. And while they're trying to torch open the door with the same torch they tried to get out with, uh, Mike takes the gun from the security guard that, that's that's with them and shoots the torch tank and kind of, you know, breaks it. He breaks the lines and the hoses and stuff like that. So they can't actually get in there, which, I mean, probably a good move. But also you just let everyone know that you, you had a gun, which probably was, wasn't a great move on your part. Because, um, like I said, the security guy with them has a gun, so he's probably got, you know, a clip at most. But... So then we see Mike trying to go to the roof and get the banners up on the side of the building. Well, of course, that doesn't work because there's Colombian nationals on, you know, over the side shooting at them. Um, and then the intercom boys comes over again and says, hey, you do that again. You're you're, you're going to be detonated. Like, what are, what are you guys doing? Oh, excuse me. Um, so they, they're like, all right, fuck this. We got to go downstairs. So on their way downstairs, Mike's crew runs into Barry's crew 
and Barry's crew attacks them. Mike gets like smacked over the head with, I think, a fire extinguisher or something. Yes. Uh, security guard guy gets stabbed, and I'm pretty sure he dies. Yes. Which is sad. He did not do anything to anyone. And uh, Barry ends up taking the keys from the security guard, which he tried to obtain earlier in the movie. Like, he talks to the... Like, when everything first went down, he goes to the security guard, and Barry's like, so I think I should have those keys. And security guard's like, nah, dude. Like, this is my job. Uh, no. And Barry's like, well, I'm your boss. He's like, well, fine. I quit then. And I was like, hell yeah. Stick it to the man, dude. Like, no, I'm not giving you this shit. It's my job. So that's why he killed the security guard, to get the keys, to get the guns, you know, um, unlock that thing, get all the guns. So that's where I'll leave it, just because after they get guns, I mean, obviously some crazy shit goes down. But, um, so I like this one. I liked it a lot, but my biggest, really my biggest issue was there's really no, there's no real story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's not really a driving force behind this movie other than survival, but I do like it in that, in that aspect because it is pretty sadistic. It's pretty, it's fucking, it's messed up. So, and which is a weird thing. That's why I like it. I don't know, but it's, it's a very dark, gritty kind of upsetting movie especially when they're and there's a lot of gore too which is also what i liked as opposed to the other one that we watched where it's not it's that one's more plot driven so i like this for completely different reasons why i like the other movie we're going to talk about so i don't know let me, let me get your let me get your vibe from this because we haven't even talked about it i mean i i also liked the movie i thought it was really interesting especially from like a psychological point of view because you know people die in this film good or bad and um You'll notice all the guys with guns are straight middle-aged white men who all get the guns and lord the power and um, start trying to decide who gets to live and who gets to die because they have the control. So you can definitely see some like parallels with how things go in the real world. And um, But I think it was an interesting concept because, yeah, even the people who are trying to be good people, really, it doesn't... Um, improve their chances any and then you kind of wonder hmm would I be the person trying to help other people when I knew that the way this whole thing's working they're going to um make us fight one way or another or would I be the one like just doing what needs to be done to survive like it's an interesting concept who would you be in this scenario that is an interesting question because I'd like I'd like to think I'd be the guy who just tried to help but typically in situations like that, it doesn't work. But I also couldn't take someone's life just because, like, because, you know, like, oh, they because, like, at the end of the day, if you really think about it, and one of the characters in this actually says this, he's like, no one's really going to walk away from this, to be honest. So why, why go, why go about killing people? Because, you know, first it was two, then it was 30. And I mean, at that point, that's, you know, 64 total people or 62 total people. And, you know, it's just they're going to keep whittling people down and probably till there's one left. So, yeah, I think I would just be the guy that was like, we're just going to ride this out and just let it happen at this point and leave it to fate. Because killing people at the end of the day, we're all just going to be dead <laughs> anyways. So let's just let's just ride it out together, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd also like to think I would be someone who's trying to help. But at the same time, you know. Survival of the fittest. Self-preservation. But yeah, you know, you, it's one of those things where fight like... Fight or flight, man. Fight or flight. That shit will You really in. wouldn't know till you were in the situation. And at the same time, you'd also like to think that was never going to happen. So... Yeah, but I mean... We work from home now, so... Um, it'd be really weird if it happened, because it would be... You, me, and Zool. Like, what? Did, 
Zool set this shit up. She's like, I'm tired of your shit. I'm not getting any pets all day. No cuddles, no nothing. Battle Royale. One of you, whoever of gives you me the most <laughs> belly rubs wins. <laughs> yeah, so that would be a whole interesting other premise for working at home. But yeah, just the whole... Uh, just the whole helplessness you get from this movie of like, you know, you can't do anything. You can't get out. There's nothing you can do. People are trying to kill you. It's, it's a pretty messed up situation to be in. It's almost like, it's like saw, but if saw, you know, if jigsaw didn't have any morals and he was like, ah, just fight it out amongst yourselves. You are all terrible people. Yeah. Kill each other. Um, but yeah, I, I still, I still really enjoyed it because, um, you know, there's like a lot of strong acting in it. And I said, there's a lot of good gore. I mean, and they get really creative with some of the kills. Uh, you know, because it's in an office. But with that being said, I feel like they could have done better with that. I mean, they really only use like a stapler and then they use one of those um, paper cutters, paper cutters, which was badass. But they also didn't give me the satisfaction of I want like he, at one point someone has the they like rip off the blade to the paper cutter. And some guy has his hands up like like has his hand. I'm like, dude, c- fuck all four fingers, all four fingers. And then it doesn't happen. I'm like, oh. So I did wish there was a little bit more creativity. I mean, you got pencils, you got pens, you got rulers. I mean, you got a bunch of shit in there. But get creative, man. Fax machine? I don't know. Figure it out. Or not a fax machine, a uh, like a, one of those big rolling printers. There's so much stuff they could have done, man. Yeah, well, I think it was more Scissors. about the uh, the fear and the trying to survive and the, the reality of um, most people will not actually murder someone. I know. Um, they'll just try to like. And I said I would be the good guy. I'm looking for ways to kill people with pencils, apparently. Oh, I mean, I mean, if it was me versus somebody else, yeah, I'll use whatever. But you know, like, because I, I'll yeet this desk at you. I don't give a shit. But if it's a group of us, I'm probably gonna just try to avoid the conflict. Yeah. Let's be realistic. Most people would just try to avoid the conflict until there was no other choice. Yeah, that's true. Um, there is also kind of an emotional disconnect from these people. Just because at the end of the day, watching this, you know, you know that pretty much everyone's going to die. So it's really hard to connect to people because you're like, are you going to live or are you not? Um, but, you know, with that being said, you do, you know, at least I connected with Mike and Leandra just because, like, I, I felt sorry for them because of what they had to go through. And then, of course, all the random people that just had to die. That was that was a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I gave this. So this has a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb and a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I gave it a three and a half. Um, because I thought it, I just thought I thought it was a good time, even though it was, it was pretty dark. But because uh, of all the reasons I said, so you, I give it a three. I knew you were gonna say three. Yeah, I knew it. No, but uh, so yeah, uh, I definitely enjoy enjoy. I definitely recommend this one. I didn't see it streaming anywhere. I just bought it. It was like seven bucks on uh, Amazon. Well worth the seven bucks in my opinion. So. Yeah, this is the second time we've watched it, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and plus, you get this really fun twist at the end, and then the entire scope of the movie changes, so it's kind of like, whoa, all right. So that's fun. Uh, I got a couple things of trivia here. Uh, Trivia number one, which I I need to remember for the second movie we talked about, because it says, this plot draws heavily from Battle Royale 2000. The The trailers feature Giuseppe Verde's Requiem, which is also used in the Japanese film, which is funny, because this movie... Literally on the back of the box said Battle Royale meets Office Space. So keep that in mind for when we go to the next yes. one because it, it's, it's really funny. Um, uh, yeah, here we go. James Gunn was originally set to direct this film from his screenplay. However, when uh, it was time to begin, Gunn withdrew, deciding he didn't want to spend several months working on such a violent film. 
uh, because he was also going through a divorce at the time, so he withdrew from the project. He later said that he was surprised the movie was going forward with Greg McLean as the new director. He was happy that he didn't, or that he hadn't been asked to direct again, and he looked forward to see uh, how McLean brought his script to the big screen. I think he nailed it. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, speaking of James Gunn, he wrote the first draft of the script in two weeks, and uh, he also got the idea from the uh, he also got the idea for the story from a dream he had. So. That's a terrifying dream. Just going to go ahead and throw that out there. And uh, like I said earlier, this uh, song playing uh, over the opening scenes is a Spanish version of I Will Survive, originally sung in English by Gloria Gaynor. Yeah. And I already did the ratings. So, yeah, check it out. I dig it. Three and a half half out of five skulls. Wow. Yeah, I did that. All right, then. Okay, so the next film up is the one that I technically picked in that there were two options. Um, (laughs) There's not a lot of office horror, man. It's true. Uh, This one was called Mayhem. It was unrated, um, but it was violent, so just heads up. It's not for kids. And the runtime was an hour and 26 minutes. It was released November 10th, 2017, just in time for my 27th birthday. Just like right after... Right after this one, too, because this where uh, Belko was... Okay, I guess not right after, six months after. That's, Wait, I mean, on. within the same year. I so know, yeah. <laughs> it's still it's an close. action comedy horror. It was directed by Joe Lynch, not co- to be confused with David Lynch, really. Uh, I just wanted, you know, it's they're not even related, so I was just throwing it out there. Uh, he also directed Wrong Turn 2. Dead End. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I just didn't put that in. Oh. I, I wanted to say that, so uh, that's why I didn't leave it in there. It's starring Steven Yoon as Derek Cho, who you may have heard of. He was in a little film called, or a little show called The Walking Dead as Glenn, everybody's favoritist character that ever got done dirty. Um, yeah. It's accurate. It's accurate. Uh, then Samara Weaving, who we all know and love as Melanie Cross. She was also in Ready or Not as Grace. And, uh, some other films, which we'll actually be talking about in a second. Uh, Stephen Brand as John, the boss towers. He was also in Scorpion King as Memnon, which I totally forgot he was in that. And Caroline <laughs> Chizkezi. Chizikis. Chizikis. I'm sorry. I don't know. There's too many, I know. There's, there's a K in there. There's a K and a Z. And as Kara, the siren pal. She was also in Aeon Flux as Freya. Budget was $2.5 million. It was probably released VOD because there's no info on what um, it grossed. And also, I do not recall seeing this in theaters. Yeah, so. I, I don't remember seeing this in theaters. I'm pretty sure I thought it was an Amazon original, but I couldn't find any information on if it went straight to VOD. But I'm like 99% sure it did. I'm, I'm like 99% sure it did. Oh, well. So, so uh, movies that came out around the same time, Happy Death Day. The Babysitter, also starring Samara Weaving. Facts. Tyler Perry's Boo 2, <laughs> Coco, Jigsaw, Jeepers Creepers 3, which was a trash movie. We never even watched it. I watched 10 minutes of it. It was we terrible. Did. We did. Yeah, we watched, remember we the, turned it off because yeah, we it was like, so bad. Like, oh man, I'm not... The, ca- the truck was haunted? Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> um, a bad movie, or a bad mom's... Chris- <laughs> a bad movie. <laughs> a bad movie. <laughs> A Bad Mom's Christmas, Paddington 2, which is now the number one film on Rotten Tomatoes. Dude. It finally outdid um, oh, yeah, Citizen I, Kane. Yeah, I saw someone, They it was someone on TikTok who was talking about it, and it was a petty reason why 
that happened too. Like someone did that on purpose, I think, for at least from the TikTok. So yeah, it was something to the effect of the number of people who had rated Citizen Kane versus the people who had rated Paddington Two. So it was a very skewed um, rating situation. And we need to watch these because the first one's got like a four point oh, I think, and then this one's got like a four point two. So like, gee, I it's a fucking it's a fucking animated bear. How good can it be? I don't know. It's apparently amazing. And then three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which also had Samara weaving. And Justice League. Apparently this was a very busy time for Samara Weaving. What did I mean first, She wasn't like a starring role, but she was in the film. First off, that is the longest G D name for a movie. Second of all, did not know she was in that. Yeah. Third of all, it's a par- it's apparently it's really good. So we gotta watch that. Yeah, film. no, I know. Okay. Um uh, body <sighs> count approximately 10 people it's kind of hard to tell because um there's a lot happening when we explain the plot it'll be clear why you can't really technically say how many people did not make it out of this film because there's a lot going on Um, well not to mention even the people that you see on screen like there's people get hit in the head and i'm like okay are you knocked out or are you dead so i'm like it's confusing it was confusing plus yeah not to mention all the shit that's going on in the background so exactly um and did you have a specific favorite horror moment, violence? Yes, into- it was scissors through the hand. Poor Steven Yoon. Oh, yeah. Through, yeah. Scissors through the hand, through the fucking like mahogany desk. I mean, there was some power behind that. That's not easy to do. Not that I would know or anything. Like, it just seems like it would be very hard to, to, to go through an entire hand and desk. Did, did you have anything? There wasn't a violence. lot. No, there wasn't really anything. I, I did have a favorite line this time. Okay, well, hold on. Then let's go to the favorite background character first. Oh, favorite background character. The Reaper. HR guy. Yeah, I liked him. Um, I think I've hilarious. seen him in something else, and I can't think of what it was. But, um, yeah, I liked him because he was so flat and just cold and um, it was very amusing. Yeah, and I, just, I, I liked the cane that he had that he walked around with. Because every time he he would hit it on the floor, it would, it would clink. So I liked him. Is, is was that your was that your guy? Yeah, no, I agree with that decision. All right, Reaper. Hold on, let's see. He was in Walk the Line, three ten to Yuma, the nope. Gray. Nope. No. Keep was going. it something recent? I don't know. My friend Dahmer. Nope. Ordinary World. Nope. Hmm. The Walking Dead. He was he was in ten episodes of The Walking Dead as Milton Mamet. Oh, he was Milton. He was Milton, the fucking cowboy hat guy, the friends with their bearded dude. Ah, friends, there it is. Fr- friends with, I think. Wait, hold on. 2010 to 2022. Hold on a second. Who the fuck is Milton? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, because he didn't start showing up until season eight. Wait, no. Season, I mean. Shit, what's season? Oh, season three. He was in season three? Season 45. Who the fuck is Milton Mamet? Milton Mamet. Who was he? Milton. I don't know. Google Milton Mamet from Walking Dead. It's going to pull him right up. <laughs> okay, jeez. I, I do that sometimes when it's a small enough role. This guy? Who the fuck is that guy? Okay, I swear to God I've seen him in something else. That's going to bug the shit out of me. Huh. Um, All right, I guess he was in the season with the uh, where they were at the prison because I, you know, I see the gates behind them. All right, well, he was that guy. Well, there we go. So anyway... <laughs> Um, okay, now can we do the quote part? Uh, favorite background character, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so um, I'm probably not going to say it exactly right, but when uh, there's a bit where um, 
two characters are about like ready to go at each other, like stab each other, and then uh, Samara weeping in the background. Now it's a party, yes. Jesus. <laughs> I just like her in the background because she's just sitting on the couch, like, what's going on? Mine was because uh, I didn't really understand it when Samara weaving and uh, Steven, Steve, Steven Yen, right? Steven Yen? Yoon. Yoon. They're trying to break into the Reaper's office. And with like a like a big fat like a big copy or something like that, and she's like, "You open doors like my grandma fucks," and I was like, "I don't know what that means, but okay." <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It was such a random line. So that was my favorite line. Um. Okay. So plot of this film. It's actually pretty straightforward, though there is more plot to it. It's a guy who has pretty much um, had his soul sucked out by his uh, corporate job, and he makes contact with. Samara Weaving's character as she is a client of a bank that his company represents because he works at a law firm and she is trying to get the law firm to help her get an extension on a foreclosure. Well, recently in the world, there has been an, a, um, a sporadic outbreak of a virus called ID seven that suppresses your uh, morality and everything. It basically makes it so you're all controlled by id. It's all wants and wants and needs and knee-jerk reactions and highs and lows and moods. And they, after the first outbreak where a man lo- uh, lost his mind, got upset, and stabbed his co-worker to death, they, Steve Yoon's, um law firm has set a precedence that they cannot be held, someone under the effects of ID7 cannot be held responsible for their actions during that time because the virus makes it so they can't control themselves. So he gets away with murder. So um, as this is all happening and Steven Yoon is talking to Samara Weaving, they he kind of establishes that he can't help her. He's a corporate like nobody but he definitely is not helpful he doesn't care about people anymore he's just there working at his job trying to accomplish something while feeling dead inside it's really nice and um so uh, after he gets her escorted out of the building there's a candle right there. <laughs> Hit it. um sorry i'm trying to knock stuff over it's fine so after uh, he gets her escorted out of the building after some rude words, he finds out that the siren upstairs has planted a file that would be under one of her clients into his name to blame him for the reason that the file got dropped and didn't get done. So he goes up to the boss to try to argue this point and the boss immediately sides with her and he gets fired. Totally gets screwed over. So as he's exiting the building, they a bunch of SWAT cars and CDC-looking people um, show up and quarantine the building because ID7 has been traced to the building and everybody gets locked inside. I just want to say real quick, I think it's funny that that's pretty much what we talked about last week with the Wreck movies. So now it's like Cor- <laughs> this movie is like almost like Wreck because they're quarantining everybody in there. So yeah, I thought that was a fun little parallel. So they established that they've got eight hours before they um before the cure, quote unquote, will be uh, led into the building and take effect, and then everybody will be okay again. They're they're putting in 
what they call it, like antibodies or some crap like that. Something to fix everybody, and it's going to take eight hours before it's everyone's good to go. So our uh, hero there takes this as an opportunity to try to get to the top floor, which he can't get to without a passcode or a key card, um, to try to get revenge and get his job back for being screwed over by everybody. Um, except this immediately fails and he immediately gets locked downstairs um, <laughs> and gets his ass beat by security and the bull. Yeah. And gets locked in a room with Samara weaving um, where they decide they're going to work together to accomplish this um, in the time because everyone can get away with everything. <laughs> and um, it's like the purge. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much where I'm going to leave the whole plot because it, what? Really? I'm not going to go into where they go. They they figure out that they... Sorry. I will also say that they realize they have to go see the um, the Grim Reaper to get his passcode to get... Or to get his pass card to get up to the Siren to get her pass card to get up to the top floor. There we go. So they set up on a mission to do that. I don't want to give too much away because um, the story's fairly tight on what happens. But it's a lot of violence. Um, not not in the murder uh, horror sense. It's just more like chaos. Uh, like it's just chaos the whole time. And um, it's a really fun movie, though. What was this one described as? It was because it was Office Space meets Battle Royale. No, no, no. That's that's Belco experiment. Oh, this one was Office Space meets The Purge, right? Wasn't it? Was it that? I think so. It's, yeah, it's funny because it, there's literally a quote on both boxes that say office space meets something else. And you're like, what the fuck? These movies came out within six months of each other. Office with space is a staple. Yeah, with basically the same premise. And uh, you got all that going on. So, yeah. Steven Yoon and uh, Samara Weaving work really well together. Yeah, I like them as a team. Yeah. Especially because um, this is like, uh, you know, I mean... What did she do before this? She did. She hadn't done that she much, right? She hadn't done too much. She was in three episodes of uh, some show, and I can't think of what show it was now, because we looked it up when we were talking about it. But this was, um, I mean, she was in three movies that year, and she really like picked up around the babysitter. So, yeah, because let's see, she did a short. Okay, she did something in 2013. A couple more shorts, TV series, nothing spectacular. What TV show was she in? Like three episodes of it was a bigger. Oh, TV Ash vs Evil Dead. That's it. She was yeah. an Ash... Or, yeah, so this was really the year she kind of picked up. Yeah, because um, she was in one, two... Yeah, she had the three movies that we mentioned this year, plus something else called Charlie Puth, whatever that is. Oh, but yeah, uh, that was a music video? Oh, okay. Well, then that's when she started kind of picking up steam, because then you have her in uh, Ready or Not 2019, Guns Akimbo 2019, um, and then... Oh, she was in Bill and Ted Face the Music in 2020, uh, Babysitter Killer Queen, and she's also got five upcoming projects. So, yeah, she pretty much, uh, after 2017, honestly, after these three movies, she really... She's picking up more, yeah. She's Which picking is good, because I really like her, and I've liked everything I've seen her in, so... Yeah, her and Margot I, Robbie, I don't know, they look very similar, and I like both of them, because they're both awesome. They, <laughs> they're, they're both badass. Both very pretty, and also know how to be very humorous, and um, that's enjoyable. It's nice to see, like, characters or actresses with like a lot of emotional range that aren't too serious you know um so yeah i, I mean like it's, it's a fun movie they it's very uh goofy at some points and um yeah i don't want to spoil it because yeah the 
after they decide they're going to go upstairs, the, the plot line really narrows to what exactly they're doing. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I like these equally, but for, like I said, for completely different reasons, because Belko experiment is very dark. It's very gritty. It's very, uh, just, uh, bleak, honestly, of a movie. And then of course, at the end, you get that really fun kind of twist that goes on. And then the scope of the movie completely changes. And this movie, I like it because it's freaking, it's pretty funny. Honestly, it's not it like is. it's hysterical, but it's pretty damn funny. Great performances. I really like the editing style in this more. It kind of reminds me of Edgar Wright because it's very kind of... Yes, I was thinking that yeah, too. Yeah, very kind of quick cuts and zoom-ins and stuff like that. So and Very weird shots like um, when the siren keeps yelling. Like every time she talks, she just keeps popping her head out the door and yelling to her assistant, and yeah. make me more coffee! Yeah. And oh, that whole scene too with the coffee cup with uh, Stephen uh, Yoon was great because his coffee cup's missing. And he goes on like this wild goose chase to find this cup. And he goes opening all the cabinets. And then when he goes to the siren's office, he's like, where'd you get that cup? She's like, I don't know. My assistant got it. She's like, bring your assistant in here. Where'd you get that cup? It's like, that's my cup. And he got so mad over the cup. Very that, worked up. That eventually got uh, sh- shattered halfway through the movie. <laughs> it's just funny because I was just like, that was like pure office humor. Like, where the fuck is my goddamn coffee cup? That That's mine. I use that. Don't take that shit. Um trivia back what i was saying no i was i was oh. still wanted to, to discuss it a little bit more okay um so yeah this one was just it was funnier it was much lighter you know than belco experiment and uh much more plot driven like i mean th- th- there's a driving force behind what's going on it's not just like okay everyone's in a building fight to the death which i mean it's not that i did like i said it's not that that deterred me from liking belco experiment it just there wasn't like, there wasn't much behind it. But this, you have a guy who's wanting to get revenge, who wants to get his job back, will do whatever it takes to get his job back. And then in the end, there is a small little twist as well in a pretty epic battle. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's like they're the same movie because it involves people being locked inside uh, against their will, going crazy. But the, com- the storylines are completely different. And uh, I, they're just completely different tones. So it was really nice that we watched Belko first then mayhem because it was like okay i couldn't be all happy and giddy from mayhem and go straight into belco then i'd be like yeah that would have been so and i also like that it's not just people killing people in there it's like people running around people throwing papers people stripping like they're they're doing all manner of things it's not just murder 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 people boning you know whatever yeah and it's um everybody's just kind of doing whatever seems like a good idea yeah, because the, there's one scene you're talking about throwing paper. It's uh, like Stephen Yoon is like hiding from someone behind a, a like a, a cubicle or whatever, and there's just this chick that comes around the corner, picks up a trash can, and just starts throwing papers at this girl's face I while, saw that. while it's she's so on weird. the phone and she's just like flipping this phone around. I'm like, it's just like what was the directing there? All right, everybody in the background, fucking go nuts. No hold, like no bar, no holes barred, or whatever that phrase is. Just go crazy. Yeah. So that would have been. And that, a- that's what also made it more amusing because it wasn't just everybody's doing the same thing. It was like, it's just chaos. It's pandemonium. It, yeah. And it, it also kind of hit home with the whole, you know, coronavirus thing. It was a virus in the building. So that, you know, kind of gave you vibes of what's happening in the real world, which, and it's funny, you know, this is four years old at this point. So, but yeah, I, I like both these equally. Um, I gave this one a three and a half as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I liked it pretty much just as much as Belco. And I'm going to say that the recommendation of the week is going to be Mayhem because it's, I agree. Yeah, it's a little bit shorter. It's a little bit lighter. It's not so, uh, you know, dark and just kind of sad. <laughs> but nonetheless, like I said, I still like Belko Experiment just as much just for a different reason. You just kind of have to be in, depends on what mood you're in. If you're in like a happy-go-lucky mood, watch Mayhem. 
if you're kind of having a meh day, watch Belko Experiment. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. Not much trivia, but do it to it. Speaking of doing it, the first <laughs> trivia, the two employees having sex in the background of Derek's video were actually having sex on set because the actors were dating, which is super weird because that means for like a good 30 seconds of the film, it was technically a porn. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, which had to be so weird because it's like, okay, there's faking having sex and then there's the fact that you actually started having sex in front of an entire cast and crew. Yeah. So I guess they were really comfortable in their relationship. Um, there is an audible reference to the scene where Scarface quits from Half-Baked at 45 minutes and 23 seconds. <sighs> totally forgot to listen for that or look for that. So okay. cannot verify, but apparently... Um, the office building that this was filmed in was shot inside of, I said that really weird. <laughs> the office building that this film was shot inside of only had three floors. Yeah, I saw that. So I was like, oh, so all the other floors are pretend floors. Which is weird because there's definitely a scene where, I uh, know, I guess, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes they, sense. Because they, they never really show it from a really steep angle. That's so. true, yeah. They had one angle where they did, but they can CG that shit. I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not that hard to CG. Yeah, so uh, then this film has a rating of 6.4 on IMDb and a 3.2 on Letterboxd. So yeah, it's 0.3 better on IMDb and 0.4 better on Letterboxd than uh, Belco Experiment, which is kind of funny because that one came first. So you'd think that this one would have less because it seems like kind of a copycat in a way. Just I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I like I said, I like them equally. They're a lot of fun. Um but Good mate, movies all around. Yeah. Um, and that one I couldn't find streaming anywhere, so I bought it. It's twelve bucks on uh twelve bucks on Amazon. So get it the worth it. get the set for twenty bucks and have a good time. So especially if you want to film with thirty seconds of porn. <laughs> okay. There's that. I'm glad that's where your mind is going. That's the selling point. You're welcome. Right. Anyways. Onwards and upwards. So let's move on to trivia. Yeah. The bottom Yes, I question. know that. The bottom. Okay? Uh-huh. All right. So, the female lead in this film finds herself followed by an invisible force after sleeping with her boyfriend. Son of a bitch. Really? What a weird way to phrase that. What? Really? An invisible force after sleeping with her boyfriend? Yeah. How do you not know what this is? I'm so confused. That's such a weird question. It's really not. It's it's the it's the exact plot of this movie. I don't know. It follows. Oh shit! Jesus. Sorry, I was thinking literally invisible, like she couldn't see it. Not okay. That was my bad. It's not invisible, man. Well, I knew that part. Uh, Did you? Where are the phone calls coming from in the movie when a stranger calls? The calls are coming from inside the house. That's so stupid. That's really dumb. That's way too easy. Because, I mean, it's really outside the house and inside the house. Yeah, it's see, really... if that had been said uh, by um, something that only she can see, then I would have understood that because you said invisible. I was thinking straight up invisible, which is why I got really confused. Apparently, it's really easy to confuse you. Wow. All right. Buster Keaton's granddaughter, Camille Keaton, starred in what controversial 1978 graphic revenge flick that was later remade in 2010? I spit on your grave. Ne oh, damn, it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man, I was totally guessing after you said revenge flick, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a remake. I know. It's either I spit on your grave, last house on the left, house at the end of the street. I know what you did last summer. I'm I just kidding. <laughs> okay, so that's one for me. We're going to five. Two for you. 
It's one for me because I did not get it follows. <laughs> you didn't. Uh, in the 2017 movie, Get Out, what technique does the mother use to get her daughter's boyfriend to quit smoking? What the fuck? Uh, fucking hypnotism? Hypnosis? There you go. There we go. Hypnotism. <laughs> is that a word? No. Hypnotism. Hypnosis. Yes. Hypnotism is a word. No, hypnotist is a word. You're mushing words together. You're mushing words together. That's two for you. Two for me! All right. What is the movie poster tagline for the 1985 movie House? What? Yeah. Welcome home. <laughs> no. Ding dong, you're dead. Wow. Had no idea. Ding dong. Didn't even know that was a movie. Okay. You might win this one. What am I at? Two. That's it? It's two to one? Yeah. And you I suck. just, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. You one win. thing okay. I hate about living in Santa Carla, I never could, or the one thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach all the damn vampires. Lost Boys. Yeah. Oh, That's my favorite in line of a movie. Of any movie. Of yes, because any- it's so funny because they spend the whole movie trying to like keep their grandpa out of the way and make sure he doesn't get involved. And he just, and like, he just knew about it the entire time. Yikes. So that's three for you, one for me. Oh my God. Don't let me like, I guess that wouldn't be a blowout. Never mind. Subjects believe they are part of a study on insomnia and end up being terrorized by Hugh Crane's ghost in what 1999 film? The Haunting. Is that the one with, um. The mom from The Conjuring. Is it? Captain Zeta Jones. Owen Wilson. Yes, that one. Liam that, Neeson. The weirdest goddamn cast on this planet. I, I really enjoyed that movie. It's so weird, but it's also The Haunting of Hill House. Well, um, yeah. Just like plotted differently. Well, okay. and I remember that one having terrible CG. Oh, it's real bad, yeah. Is that, is Especially that the, one? the ghost at the end. Horrendous. Did we um, ever talk about that one? No. Why are you, why are you rushing me? Because I'm trying to do this and you're on your phone now. I was just looking. I can't spell. I keep spelling gaunting. There we go. 1999. What did I give this one? I gave it a three. That's bold. Um, you need to see Rose Red because that's like the same plot, but Stephen King. Uh, right, okay. Th- really? Yeah. Stephen King wrote the miniseries for that. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. Okay. What 2005 movie involves a group of friends who get trapped in a cave and encounter strange, bloodthirsty creatures? Um, what is The Descent? There you go. I only got four. Oh, okay. What do you have? Two? One. No, two. Two. Yes. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah. Two, two, two. two I got two. two. Well, this is annoying. What day does Tree have to relive over and over in the 2017 movie Happy Death Day? Her birthday? Um, is it an actual date? No. A date, but uh, what date? happens on her birthday? What, 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 what happens to her? Her death. Okay, yeah. It's a really weird answer. It's the day of her murder on her birthday. What? That's weird. That's a... Like, what? Okay, that's three from me. Go home, okay. you're drunk. This 2014 movie involves a widowed mother who becomes worried that her sons ask her to read up a read a scary pop up children's storybook. I legit have no idea. Ba-ba-dook. Oh shit! Oh boy! I was thinking of I was thinking of The Conjuring. 
I still remember. I was watching thinking of the fucking j- the um the the the, the jangly yeah. no jangly man is um scariest stories to tell in the dark. What is the? I don't know. Do you have to go to the bathroom? Yes. Or so oh, if you well, could stop getting sidelined. Well, gee, I'm trying to make the episode a little bit longer. Where like it's like barely an episode at this point. We, Why did you pee before? I did. Jesus, woman. I don't want to talk about this on the thing. <sighs> a tall man. That's not it. Slender man. He's the fucking guy from. All right. I still remember watching the Baba Duke because the first time I watched it was with Heather and Will and Brandon. And then for no reason, while we were watching that movie, the lights went out in the movie and the light bulb in the light in my room died. Just nice. At the exact same time. And we're all just like, what the hell? That was the scariest part of the movie for me, and it wasn't actually in the film. Conjuring 2 was, like, better than the first one. No, I'm talking about Baba Duke. The Crooked Man. The Crooked Man. There you go. Oh, Baba Duke. Oh, yeah. Bob. Yeah, you didn't like that one. No, I didn't. I loved that one. Good for you. That kid was so annoying, though. If, I, if I've if i ever wanted any child to die, it was that. Like, you are, you are asking for it. <laughs> Jesus. He was annoying. Yeah, just a little bit. Okay. <coughs> This 1958 film takes place in a Swiss resort town where a mysterious radioactive cloud appears to be the cause of a series of decapitations. What the shit? No, no, no idea. No idea what that means. I need to fucking take a picture of that so I can remember what it's called. The crawling eye, a.k.a. the Trollenberg terror. Well, you only got to get one more question, then you win. I know, because you want to get out of here. You're not wrong. Oh, my God. Can you, if you're going to, like, can you go and come back so we can have a little bit, a little bit more of a Could chat? Could you hold on a second then? Oh my God. I'll just play uh, the Jeopardy uh, theme song for you right now. Okay. Hold on. Wait. Actually, hold on. Wait. 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 By the time I get this up, it's probably going to be done. Hold on. Jeopardy. There it is. There it is. There, I got it. I got it. I got it. That's it. 10 hours of it. What the fuck? I don't want 10 hours of it. Oh my God. Now I have an ad. Are you kidding me? It's just, she's going to be back before I can play this GD song. I hope that's not copyrighted. Probably is. This is riveting podcasting. Let me tell you. Wow. <laughs> How is she not back already? The song's going to be over. Are you back? Yes, I'm back, <laughs> jackass. I played the song. Stop giving me whole bottles of water. This is you why did, I always... You fucking... You only drank half of it. Are you out of breath? I ran. <laughs> okay, you ready? Oh, my God. What 1981 film is about a group of teenage friends trapped in a carnival funhouse with a freakish maniac? The funhouse. Why would you put the name in the question? That's so stupid. That's really dumb. Did I win? You just won. Wow. You want a medal? How about some candy? I can do marshmallows. <laughs> I've got an idea. It involves a brownie and a marshmallow and a toaster oven. Well, we have all of those things. I know. Oh, God. God. Do you want to? No, you don't get to. Yeah, I want to. Tiebreaker. I'm just kidding. You have two. I have three. You have three. Tiebreaker. No. Do it. Why does Lance Henriksen's character summon the demon in Pumpkinhead? 
Oh, I've never seen that movie. It's so good. To seek revenge for his son's death. To seek revenge for his son's death. No. Incorrect. Incorrect. Shit. I won. You did it. I never went against you. Oh, that's true. Most people don't. I mean, it's just me. Yes, but also when we play other games that involve knowing movie titles, I tend to win a lot. That's not like even... Blockbuster. I win. I team... win pretty okay. much every every that, game. That is a team based game, though. That's not. If it was just me versus you, it wouldn't make sense. So it wouldn't matter. That's true because you can't play with less than four people. <sighs> Jeezy Pete's. Oh man, could you imagine trying to play that with three people, and then it's just one person who has to act everything out for two other people. We could try that. Chaos, though. Because I mean, yeah, it's really only you could do it with three people. You could bend the rules a little bit. Just have the uh, um, what was that thing you used to do in football when you'd be the quarterback for both teams? Whatever that is, whatever that phrase is, I can't think of it. I don't um, really like. To... There's a name for cheating. Cheating. <laughs> Wait, no. Um, double be, agent. I could just be making shit up. I don't even know at this point. I'm fairly certain. That they don't have quarterbacks. No, no, just... not not in not in real games. Like when you would scrimmage, like in like you, you went like in pla- practicing playing. You're not... just saying words now. <laughs> Shut up! I don't know what's happening anymore. Which, by the way, I don't think we've ever mentioned this game. But what? if you really like movie related games, the blockbuster game is super fun to play. We we got it, and then we didn't play it for like a year, and then we finally broke it out for. For New Year's. Way to sell people on this one. We bought it well, and no. didn't play it for okay. a year. It's a four-player game, and we just didn't... Then COVID kind of hit, so there was really no opportunity oh, yeah, for us true. to have people over. So we finally broke it out New Year's Eve 2020 to 2021. And, um, no, New Year's Eve 2020. Yes, this previous New Year's Eve. Like four months ago. And um, like we played that game in the majority of the night. It was just... It's super fun. It's not very complicated. It's, it's really amusing. It... Really sucks if you do not know movies, if you're bad at movies. Yeah. It is not the game for you. But yeah. if you love movies, it's super amusing to play. Yeah. Like my mom. Not the greatest with the movies. She but... got there at the end, but she did say that she would be like um, someone who helps and is not, in fact, on a team. Best best game or best play of that game the entire night was when she got the card that was labeled Scream. And because uh, you have to, so with the blockbuster game, you have to, you have three cards. You pick one to act out, one to quote, and one to do like one word of. I don't know. Yeah. Was, you, what did she? Was that was that her act out one? Yeah, because um, she she just screamed at the top of her lungs, bloody murder. I thought she was injured. Yeah, it was super uh, amusing because you 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 have to play on two teams, and the winning team of the first round gets to give the three cards that um, to the other team, so they just got to work with what they're given. And I knew what she would do as soon as I gave her that card, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be so funny because there's no way she did not put Scream on Scream or yeah. on the, on the um, one. Out. Yeah. And um, it was a lot. I did not see that coming. Oh, um, it was so funny because as soon as she put the card down, I'm like, oh, nobody knows what's coming, but I know what's coming. Yeah, it was a it's it, really, it really shocked me to my core. Yeah, but it's a really fun game. So um, I've seen it on a few like recommendations for games lists. It's definitely worth it. And it's not a super expensive game either. It's a pretty small game. It's a good group game. Yeah, it's a good group game. Like, just, you just, no, just gotta, you gotta know movies, and you gotta be able to. And also, what I like about the quote one is you can make up your own quote from a movie. You don't even have to quote the actual movie, so you can pretty much describe the plot in a sentence. And you know, yeah, as long as you're not saying the title, 
you're good. Good to go. It's a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. So, um, and also, if you want to get this trivia game, it is literally just called Horror Trivia. Look for the knife. And sometimes um, they're going to phrase things really bizarrely. Hey, it's better than the Trivial Pursuit one because that one, every question was phrased just v- extremely, extremely poorly. Bad. He chose poorly. You mean like that sentence you just said? Yeah. <laughs> I really struggle with the words. My mouth tries to talk faster than what my brain can spit words out at. And then it just becomes a jumbled mess of chaos. Everything. It's just perfect for chaos. podcasting. Wow. All right. You ready to. Uh... Yeah, this is a short episode. To be fair, um, one of the movies you can only talk about like the first 20 minutes of, and then you really can't talk about it without spoiling the whole rest of the film. I did like the soundtrack in that movie, though. It was a lot of metal. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, you don't really... And some Dave Matthews. (laughs) (laughs) That whole conversation that Samara Weaving and Steve Yoon have about Dave Matthews' band was, was, it was just, it was genius. It was And it wasn't, wasn't even scripted. No, it wasn't not? It was not in the original script. Where did you see that trivia? In the trivia. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, then thank you for throwing that in there. You're welcome. <laughs> this is why I read the trivia. I read the trivia, too. I didn't see that shit. Apparently, you didn't read all of it. Really? I did it. And this is why I win most of the time. That's just a rude statement to say. Anyways, anyways, anyways. You know what? I'm going to tell everybody where they can find us. Uh, find us on Facebook at Frightmares. That's it. Look for the skull. Find us on Twitter at Frightmares underscore pod. Find us on Facebook or um, uh, Instagram, Frightmares Podcast. Email spooky at Outlook.com. And um, check me out on Letterboxd, Dr. Proctor. Look for the Jason mask. And you are probably Watson Limp 90. LMP. Watson LMP, Lillian Madison Proctor. Y'all. Uh, do you have a picture? Uh, yes, I do. What it is your is- picture? It's my illustration of me, my most oh recent self portrait. So full of yourself. Yes, it is Watson LMP90. It's so the picture I did. It's, it's a person laying on a rug. It's you. It's me. It's you. It's a me. Are you, are you Mario now? Mario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my um, and you'll notice my English? ratings are infrequent and highly biased towards movies I that are usually terrible that I like too much. Yeah, but like I, like I always say, you can follow me on Letterboxd and get a pretty good idea about what we're going to be reviewing um, before the episode drops. If you like spoilers. I mean, or you But don't. only in the sense of spoils what the episode's going to be. Or if you just read the text that I put in, you know, the description of the podcast. Spoilers right there as well. Uh, all right, well. This is what we like to call filler. We're rambling. Enjoy. I know. Just I don't want it to be too short, you know. I do like that we've cut the episodes down, you know, to about an hour and a half or less because two plus hours just gets ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, next week, me and Corey, well, actually, technically this week because it's we're doing this podcast episode late. Um, we had picked two movies for the space episode we did, uh, The Great Beyond, that weren't actually taking place solely in space. So we're taking those two movies that we already picked. So go back and listen to that episode. You can know what we're going to do. At least I think we said that on air. So we're taking those movies that we wanted to see because the descriptions of them were awesome. And we're going to do those next week um, because they're space adjacent. So that's probably going to be the title of that episode. So who doesn't love a good space adjacent movie? Yeah. So any movie that takes place on Earth. That's just, you know... (laughs) It's just a rude thing to say. Um, um, first off, second off, you know, 
There's no, there's no C, second to C number one. Such a jerk. You're welcome. Now I have to think of a whole new name for that. That wasn't even mine. Corey came up with that. He said space adjacent. Well, as we are on a planet, we are oh, adjacent I swear to, to God. Space. I swear to God. Oh my God. Just, 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 I'm just, here okay. To help. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm helping. Zapping my stride, man. Anyways. I would never. Tune back to states. What do I say? Say it. What do I say? What's my name? What's wrong with your face? What's wrong with your face? <laughs> stay tuned and uh, stay spooky. I think that's stay it. Stay tuned and stay spooky. Um, I got confused. Right as I said spooky, the fucking TV just turned off. I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm the out TV's of here. The TV's finished. Goodbye. Stay tuned. Stay spooky. <laughs>